Welcome back to another edition of Football on the 40. We'll preview this weekend's game with Baylor, but we're also going to add a few fun segments into the mix along the way. I'm Jake Robinson. Joining us, as always, are our co-hosts, Kevin Mathis, Bowen Kai, Andrew Harris, and our producer, Hamilton Lizer. Let's get to it. Did uh, y'all enjoy not losing this past weekend? Yeah, it was nice. A low-stress Saturday. Got to go to Livermore with the wife and the pup. Went on a nice hike. Went to a winery. No stress. It was, it was, it was, it was a nice Saturday. Strohs are in the World Series. Strohs are in the World Series. It's our time, Same baby. Here. It's our time. Good weekend. Drank for free at a wedding. Couldn't ask for any more. And uh, no Texas football to bring me down. Yeah, I, I played in a golf tournament. Um, didn't win, but didn't come near come in near the end. Uh, yeah, it was, it was it was a good good stress free weekend. But all right, we're gonna move right into a fun segment this week because we don't have a game to to uh, kind of like review um, from from this past weekend. So we're gonna go into uh, something that we brought up on our very first podcast, the middle school glory days. So we want to talk a little bit about our middle school experiences, especially how it related to middle school football. So, uh, Bowen, I think you're up first. Sure, I can go first. Um, so I didn't actually play middle school football. There was like no shot my parents would have let me. Um, <laughs> but I did spend a lot of time playing video games like Maple Story and RuneScape. I spent a lot of time in front of the computer. Um, so all the real ones know, you know, shout out to all our RuneScape and MapleStory podcast listeners out there. Big ups to y'all for sure. <laughs> what is MapleStory? MapleStory. Oh man, where do I even start? Andrew, it took so much of my life. It's like a 2D side-scrolling MMORPG adventure game where you could just level up and, and kill monsters. I, I can't get into it nice. though and buy equips <laughs> and stuff. We're gonna we're gonna lose listeners really fast if we if I if I go on my Maple Story glory days. I was a big uh, Frogger guy myself. Also, Need for Speed. Need for Speed on PC. I played some Need for Speed, some Frogger, some uh, Crash Bandicoot. Those were those were mine. NCAA football. That's all for me. On brand. Yeah. Um. So I uh we're. We've kind of talked about this and joked about this. And I mean, the B, C, D, F teams when it comes to middle school football. I was actually on the A team, um, seventh grade A team. Uh, started on both sides of the ball, played center and uh, defensive guard. Um, I was a big lineman, big, big, big fat boy in middle school. So they like definitely put me on the line. Um, I remember the very first play uh, when you know you're just scared like crazy on your in pads you're about to take your first hit or whatever um and and the the team i don't remember who it was but they returned the kickoff for a touchdown um we ended up going oh and 10 that year um a little, little little also note about being on the a team we're a small we were a small school and there was no beer team um and i probably played both ways because uh there weren't enough people to play both ways <laughs> that had any any kind of intelligence at all but uh, yeah, they took me off defense when I made one tackle the entire season in seventh grade and, um, realizing I hated practice and didn't really enjoy the games. I stopped playing after middle school. 
Yeah, I was right there in the same boat as you, Jake. I hated practice, and games were not that fun for me. But uh, they weren't that fun because I didn't play that often. So that's kind of my story. Uh, so I was at one of those schools that had an ABC team. In seventh grade, I was on the C team, also known as the white team. Um, not politically correct nowadays, but uh, nevertheless, um, yeah, those were the days where I, I thought it was okay not to brush my teeth for two weeks in a row. You know, pretty gross. Yes. Uh, I promise y'all I don't do that now. I'm a frequent brusher of teeth. Um, but yeah, um, some some of the guys on the podcast already know this, but my brother used to make me run routes every day in the front yard uh, from first to fourth grade. And if I dropped a pass, we would have to re- restart. Um, so didn't like that at the time, but it did help me learn how to catch the ball. And I wasn't uh, skinny enough to be a tight, uh, I mean, a wide receiver, but I wasn't big enough to be a lineman. So I was a tight end. Uh, caught one touchdown pass my seventh grade year on a, uh, on a Y corner. You know, uh, we were 95% running offense. And, you know, every game we had about two or three plays where we, we threw to a receiver or a tight end. And thankfully I was one, um, uh, got one of those touchdowns that year. And then uh, eighth grade, I made it. I made it to the A team, but I was back up and never really played. But um, kind of like a random tidbit, uh, after the eighth grade year, um, had a coach uh, when I was with. Uh, we're doing like some off season drill, um, and he was saying to the whole group, "Harris, last year you sucked. This year you sucked less." And that's when I decided I didn't want to play football anymore. So that's kind of when I ended. That's huge. What that's a compliment huge, Andy. from a football coach. <laughs> I, I uh, didn't play two years. I just played one year in seventh grade. But I'm happy to be able to round out this segment as an undefeated championship quarterback. Uh, I think I'm maybe the only undefeated championship quarterback on this podcast. Um, although we do have another district champion here, I think, with Hamilton Lizer, our, our producer. Um, but I played on the Fighting San Marcos Rattler 7th grade B team and played on all three phases of the game, as starting QB on offense, safety, laying the wood on defense, and also punter. Um, oh, I knew you were a punter. Yep. In my only season in football, we went undefeated, mostly from great running back play. <laughs> Shout out Santiago and Daniel, who frequently went for like 40-yard touchdown runs. Uh, we ran a variation of the triple option, so lots of running and running back fakes and pitching the ball in the backfield to running backs, so it really puts a lot on a young quarterback, you know. Uh, but I love the games and calling plays in the huddle, but also like Jake didn't love the game-to-practice ratio. I think only people who have played – football can understand that for it felt like for every one minute of game game time there was about 10 minutes of practice throughout the week um i stopped playing after one year to focus on golf and baseball and actually at the end by the end of high school my backup on that seventh grade b team was the starting quarterback on our high school varsity team so i can't lie if i had to do it over again i would probably play more football but had a great time Dang, you could you could have been the star quarterback. 
I could. I feel like I could have, because I was not better than him in seventh grade. (laughs) But I still got a cannon. You know, threw it around a little bit in in college IM games, and still can can throw the rock with the guys. So, I'm I'm curious, uh, Andy, would you have played high school football if you could do it again, or probably not? No, I, I I was very very happy with my decision. Yeah, Bo, if 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 uh, if your parents had let you, do you think you would have played some middle school football at least? Maybe no? I probably would have. I probably would have played. Yeah, I think it would have been fun. Cool. I I kind of go back and forth on that one. I kind of think like, yeah, part of me I would probably have played a little bit longer, but I think I would have still reached the same decision and not played all throughout high school, just because it sucked. Uh, like practices and stuff but all right well that was kind of a fun little different segment um we're gonna move into our our staples now and uh, i'm gonna hand it over to andy for his legendary longhorn moment this week it's another legendary longhorn moment uh this week we are going to be focusing on baylor obviously and with our matchup against the bears this weekend um so i really started my fandom with Texas football in the year of 2000. Uh, so uh, this period starts the year before in 1999. Uh, from 1999 to 2009, so 11 games, Texas outscored Baylor 548 to 114. So um, by an average score of 49.8, so almost 50, to about 10 every single game um, that decade. Texas had four shutouts during that time. And Baylor only managed to score more than 14 points on only on two occasions during that span. So just kind of insane numbers and just showed where the programs were at that time. Um, Baylor was a complete mess just for people that weren't watching football back then. Imagine Kansas now. That's how Baylor was in. Um, and that's not a hyperbole. Hyperbole. I need. <laughs> <laughs> need to learn how to talk um but yeah so it's uh it was just kind of a crazy stretch and obviously that was kind of the uh the golden years for texas um and, you know the game that kind of epitomized that dominance was in 2005 um we were playing at baylor that year we won 62 to nothing uh we outgained baylor by um a total yards of 645 to 201 uh, 35 first downs for Texas, a 13 for Baylor. Um, we had seven rushing touchdowns that day, and none of them came from Vince Young, um, which is pretty crazy. Um, um, that was the year that we won the national championship. So uh, the only blemish that day came from a missed extra point from our kicker, uh, David Pino. Um, wasn't, wasn't the best kicker. Uh, he had a missed extra point and a missed field goal in the national championship game. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So that was, I like, gotta that ask, was a big Andy, I got to ask, did, do you recall all of those stats from that game by memory? No. I mean, but I knew we won, I knew we won 62 to nothing, but I didn't know. You knew the, the, you knew the score. You remembered yes. the score. Yes. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I just remembered it because it was such a weird score. Because, like, it should have been 63 to nothing, but instead it was 62 to nothing. So, I 
to be honest, I don't think I could have remembered another score during that time, but I remember that one. Um, and also, it, like, that was a memorable year, too. Did we also um, shut out Colorado that year, or we just hung 70 on Colorado? That no, year? We, we won 70 to 3. They got, they got three points. But uh, our boy Joel Klatt was the quarterback for Colorado that year. So. Respect, respect. He was actually a pretty good quarterback. Uh, just Texas was just way better than Colorado. Um, but yeah, and as we all know, the 2010s treated Texas very differently against Baylor. Uh, so I'm not going to reflect on that time. But, you know, from 1999 to 2009, it was a great time and thankful to watch most of those games. And now we're going to go into our ad. <laughs> This week's episode of Football on the 40 is brought to you by Stone Creek Ranch, a pleasant return to simpler times. Come to Stone Creek Ranch to enjoy activities ranging from riding Zero Dark Horsey, playing craps and landmines, watching your favorite team lose to Maryland on the indoor big screen, and coating the bar with sticky margaritas. Stone Creek Ranch, where dreams come true. All right, we're back from our break. Uh, we're going to move into the portion of this show where we uh, preview the upcoming game with the Baylor Bears from up in Waco. Um, first thing we're going to go back to is asking, are we excited, nervous, apathetic? What are, what are the emotions going into this game? Um, for me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little apathetic about the game. It's hard to uh, be excited after coming off of two comfort behind terrible losses that being said there's not truly a Saturday in the fall where I'm apathetic about a Texas football game like by this weekend I'm gonna be so freaking excited um like I'll, I'll be excited for the Kansas game even though that might not be a win what we'll see after what happened in Oklahoma last week bro but- Jake <laughs> come on man you can't bring that energy into the pod I'll be excited gotta cast that away game <laughs> It was more of a diss on OU than a diss on us, but Jake, you called us out like two weeks ago, like Kevin and me, for being apathetic after losing OU. And you're you're like, how dare you be apathetic? And now you're saying you're apathetic. So, like, what's the story? Well, well, you can be apathetic on a early in the week and be excited by the end of the week, which which is what I intend to do this week. But I do want to point out one thing since I brought up the OU Kansas game before that game started. I was like, this is going to be a close game at half. Didn't think they'd be losing 10 to zero, but I called that with the 38 point underdogs. Anyway, um, that being said, I am nervous about the game. We're going to the game. A bunch of us are going to the game. Um, the last visit to Baylor two years ago also was at that game. That was probably one of my personal lowest points as a Texas fan. Um, I've never left a game earlier than we did that day. I think it was like 10 minutes still in the fourth quarter. Um, Yeah, we got destroyed. It was really 24 to three. We scored on like the last play of the game to make it 24, 10, but it was completely dominated. We were dominated and I did not like that. Um, Yeah. That, that, I mean, that was that was rough because we had yeah. just gone to Kev's bachelor party in Ames the week before, too. So it was just back to back, just beat downs. Back to back away losses. Yeah, yeah that was we, we literally flew to Omaha, drove to Ames, got wrecked there, got some trauma from those hurricane alerts. Ass alley. 
Oh, and then man. went to oh, went gosh. to the Baylor toilet stadium and heard that's another first down Baylor yeah, yeah, like that's... every two minutes yeah. it just rings <laughs> in your ears. Woo! I still can't watch an Iowa State game and not be traumatized by that siren. <laughs> uh, Actually, though, yeah, man, that freaking. We'll, we'll share our favorite aim story next week, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> All right, and then I'm also excited about the weekend because. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, I'm also excited about this weekend, though, because uh, we're headed out to Stone Creek Ranch um, outside of Waco, where we're going to have a good time together. We're going to spend the weekend. I'm probably more excited about that right now. But um, I'm also pretty pumped that the game is in Waco and that, like, we get to go to it and see what comes next for this season. I can go next. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I feel like. It's a bit of a cliche or maybe overly dramatic when we say like, oh, this game's going to define our season. But I, I do feel that way. I mean, we're halfway through. I feel like I really am going to throw in the towel after this game if we lose and just accept our Texas Bowl destiny. I think I, I am optimistic coming off the bye, though. I know Baylor had a bye as well, but I think we've had some time to take a, you know, look at ourselves, look at the offense, you know, make some changes. So it'll be good to see how the team responds. I mean, I am going to miss the guys at the ranch, though. I think that'll be just a fun trip. Y'all are going to have a blast. Best of luck on making that 11 a.m. kickoff. I will be very impressed if y'all make it in your seats for the kickoff. Um, But we'll just we'll see how that goes. Well, we're excited for you to become a Texan again very soon. So you can uh, join us for these trips. 100% on that for sure. also, like Jake, I'm excited about the ranch weekend. Um, however, when I think back, when we've attended on game weekends at the ranch, we're 0-2. Um, we've had some tough losses out there, like the away Maryland game and the Baylor game that Jake mentioned two years ago. Uh, the ranch needs a redemption for sure, and I'm hoping that that will occur this weekend uh, for the game. I am definitely in the nervous category Um, in prep for this pod. Similar to others, I did some some research on the Baylor team so far, and it's it's just humbling to do that investigation and realize that, you know, based based on what we have shown on the field, we're going into Waco as a rightful underdog. Um, So that's tough. And then where we are in the season right now, with away games at Baylor and Iowa State coming up, um, very concerned. Our only good road game so far has been against a TCU team with a losing record. And we we don't have the choice. We have to face our road struggles, like literally this week, because we have two solid ranked opponents coming up on the road. Um, we could legitimately be talking about a four and five team after these next two weeks if we don't get our together. Um, And for Iowa State, you could say I'm being pessimistic, but right now FPI has us with like a 34% chance to to win that game next week. So parts of me feel like if we lose this one, like this game's almost worth worth double. If we can win and get some momentum, we'll win that Iowa State game. But if we, you know, deal with another frustrating defeating loss this week, I'm afraid that 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 loss is going to be worth double 
after the after the following game against ISU. So uh, excited for the ranch, nervous for the game. We're about at, la- at, at last check, you had you had said you were burning your Baylor ticket. This was a few weeks ago. Do you do you still intend to burn your Baylor ticket, and will it be before or after the game? So full disclosure, my wallet is out roughly. $220 probably after taxes and fees for Baylor tickets for the wife and I. And uh, it may be like $250 if I buy some Tannerite and blow the tickets up at the ranch with, with Tannerite. I'm on the fence as to whether I'm going to be able to muster the energy to actually make the game this weekend. Um, I have such bad memories like leaving the game two years ago and having to walk like two miles to the car just in defeat. Um, I don't hate Waco, but it's not a good place to get beat by like a, you know, a team like Baylor and then have to walk to the vehicle later. So, uh, I'm like 50, 50 on attending the game, you know, regardless of having already bought the tickets, which is, I'm, I'm just being honest out here, you know, Andy, how you feeling? Yeah, there's a, a lot to take in from that. I, just going back to your point, I really do agree with you with your uh, take on this game counting as double. Um, I, I do think if we lose this game, we're going to lose at Iowa State, unfortunately. Um, at some point, I think we're going to need to discuss y'all's uh, just uh, admiration for FPI. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand it. Y'all always talk about it. <laughs> and like talk about during the game too, and it just frustrates me so much. Um, it's user friendly and it's simple. Like you don't have to know what it is. It's a percentage, and you're like, oh yeah, that's good or that's bad. A- Andy is anti analytics, and yes. like pregame, <laughs> pregame, it's not always predictable. Like this week, I think we Baylor's favored by like two or two and a half, and FPI is in our favor by a small margin. Also, and then next next week the line hasn't come out yet, but FPI is like definitely saying we're not going to win that game. So there there's something to that. I don't know how they calculate it, but as like a techie data guy, um, I just I trust the numbers. Also, last year when Herbie picked us to make the playoff and we went seven and five, <laughs> FPI had us at eight and four. So, and I think they picked most of the games correctly. Well, I mean, yeah, but every game has whatever. Every game has its life of its own. But I, for sure, I agree. That's why FPI goes up and down during the FPI game. FPI is really dumb, clearly, because it's been wrong so many times for us this season, but it's kind of fun to look at still. Yeah. What was it? 95% chance of winning at one point against OU? Um, we're over 95 twice this season in win, winning percentages and lost both of them during the game. The That's last nice. two games that we watched in person. Um, yeah, I'll be real quick. Um, I, I'm definitely more excited to see the guys this weekend um, than the actual game, but I'm still excited about the game too. Um, so I'm in the excited um, corner. Um, yeah, just excited to see how this game turns back, like how we respond back to the last couple of weeks. Um, could be really bad. could be really good. Who knows? Um, I, I think if we win this game – Going off of Kevin's point, we easily go eight and four uh, with a chance to go nine and three. If we lose, I think we struggle to get to seven wins, which would be just a really disappointing 
um, turn based on how things were just uh, a couple weeks ago at halftime. So I, it's, it's feeling like an inflection point. And I know we don't talk about recruiting that much on this pod, but the difference between eight and four and barely getting seven wins has to have huge implications on recruiting for this next class. So it's it's a big game. There's there's a lot at stake for sure. I I agree with y'all though on that about the season outlook really depend. The rest of the season I think really does depend on this game too. So all right, good stuff there guys. We're going to move on. Um would you have gone to the school if they gave you a full ride? Would you go to Baylor University? I'm going to say uh negative negative for sure. Um however, I probably spent more time on the Baylor campus in college than I would now care to admit because of various romantic engagements. Um, so seen a lot of the campus, met a lot of the people, but me as a 17 year old would, would not have gone to Baylor. Man. Um, so I usually say no, uh, but Baylor was actually my backup school. Um, I wasn't going to go there uh, unless I didn't get into Texas. So I uh, was pretty set on Texas. I actually did get a decent amount of scholarship money to go, um, but it was not anywhere close to a full ride. So maybe that changes the picture. Um, and, yeah, maybe, maybe I do go there if I did get a full ride. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the first time I've said maybe yes um, this whole year. Do you go if you get a full ride and get into Texas? I don't want to think about that, but I'd probably go to Texas if I'm being dead serious. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm in the same camp as you, Andy. Um, I don't know if it was like my actual backup, but I definitely applied there. Um, and I did get some scholarship money. Um, today, I would say heck no, but I think high school Bo as a senior, if I got a full ride, room and board, probably would have gone. I mean, their business school is not bad, I think. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> their academics are gnarly, not terrible. Um, at this point in life, my my disdain for Baylor like increases every year. Uh, so definitely no for now. Um, I now live with a Baylor alum uh, who is a roommate of mine. And, and I just know there's no way there's no way I could have done that. Um, but uh, it, at that point in life, when I was going into college, a full ride, like it's hard to say no to a full ride anywhere. And Baylor is like a respectable academic institution. So I don't know. I'd say maybe for that, but now definitely no. Um, okay. Going to very much so change gears here. And we're going to move into a, an interesting thing that I think there might be some disagreement on among us from uh, just a discussion we had offline. So we're going to bring it to the pod. Should Hudson card start at quarterback for the rest of the year if we lose to Baylor? Um, I'll take this one. I'm probably in a camp by myself. Maybe someone will join me. That'll be nice. But I, I, I'm going to go with yes. I think we should start Hudson for the rest of the year. Look, Casey was brought in after the Arkansas game as a guy that kind of had the chemistry, kind of brought the team together, didn't have the intangibles uh, that Hudson had, uh, that God has given Hudson. But um, – but, you know, kind of brought the team together and was a better leader for the team this year. Well, if we're going to be four and four after this weekend, 
I just don't see the point in that. Um, yeah, Casey could stay for another couple of years. I, if things go well for him, and um, I, I could see him maybe staying for one more year. Um, but I don't think we reach the potential that we want to reach um, if we um, if we keep him as our quarterback going forward. So, um, yeah, I think this is a huge game for him. And I think we should go with Hudson. If we don't, if we don't play Hudson at all this year, um, that was probably a good, good thing in my opinion. And he'll probably transfer though. That's the only bad thing. So I think there's, you got to keep that in mind too. Yeah. For me, I, I don't think so. I mean, we've had a lot of success with Casey and I feel like consistency is key. We've had so much churn as a team with like the O-line and coaching over the years. We had a lot of consistency with Sam and I just don't want another QB controversy. So I feel like we should give the rest of the year to Casey unless, I mean, it's just a terrible showing and the season's over. Yeah. I I come in between the two of you. Um, I think one, it depends what the game looks like, but I also think fundamentally our problem right now isn't the quarterback play. It's first and foremost defense. And then, and then secondary would be leadership. And I do think that Casey has shown flashes of leadership and flashes of not so much uh, letting lead slip away. That's not all on him, but it is first on him. So, well, it's first on the coach and then on him. So I'd say, I'd say it depends what the game looks like. I'm not really in either camp at this point. I got to go with my uh, professional experience and answer tough questions with uh, the return that it depends. Um, And I think that is relevant here. I think it, it depends on what that loss looks like on the field. Um, unfortunately this team can lose a football game in a lot of different ways, especially due to our defensive struggles that you mentioned, Jake. Um, I was really tough on Casey last week because of his lack of poise when he was under pressure. Um, if he doesn't check down or scan the field under duress this week, and if he's telegraphing throws and getting picked off, I think we do need to go with Hudson for the remainder of the year. Um, even if we win. So for me, it's not on a loss. I just don't want to see the same, you know, hurtful tendencies that Casey has shown in the last couple of games. So I'm going to be looking for those things specifically versus just the win and the loss. Um, And if that's the case, if we go with Hudson, I don't, I don't uh, necessarily see that as riding off the remainder of the season. Um, If that guy gets comfortable, he's going to show out. If we remember Casey was the starter this spring and Hudson won the job straight up this fall because he was gunslinging and taking care of the ball and Casey had some suspect turnovers in fall camp. So we're kind of seeing that play out for Casey. Like we, we knew who he was. Um, and, and we're seeing some of that on the field, which makes us frustrated because we're not winning. So, um, it, it depends. Nice. We can revisit these, uh, very different takes next week. Cause we will have an answer to the question. Um, all right, we're going to move into just general discussion now on the game. What players are you watching? Uh, any other analysis you want to provide, um, you know, looking at this game this weekend? Yeah. So I, I can start this one off here. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned that I did some research as always on Baylor, their season so far. Um, and first off, I kind of looked at team stats on offensive and defense to compare uh, Texas versus Baylor, where we stood, according to what we've put on the field so far. Um, I won't necessarily get into um, how I came up with these numbers, but on on the defensive side and offensive side of the ball, I 
kind of consolidated seven seven different stats that I thought were were would be relevant. Um, and when I averaged out the results of those seven stats in terms of where the teams were nationally um, on defense, I had Baylor ranking 33rd in the country. And on defense, I had Texas ranking 85th in the country. We've gone through our struggles. We've watched the games. And I don't think that 85th in the country comes as a surprise, but we need to be ready for a Baylor team that um, although they may have, they may not have the talent from recruiting that we do on the defensive side of the ball, they're extremely well coached, very disciplined, and we're not going to score like 50 points this game. We're going to have to have like a well-balanced um, attack on both sides to beat them. So on the offensive side of the ball, I did the same thing, did an average of seven team stats that I thought were relevant for both teams. Um, and the average that I came to was Texas is 24th in the country on offense. Um, some of the stats like uh, points per play and points per game and yards per play were surprisingly good for Texas, although we've had you know notable second half struggles and, and obviously the Arkansas game. Uh, and the average for Baylor was 51st in the country. So Baylor is, is winning because they have a complimentary you know, product on the field with offense and defense. Um, so we have the edge on the offensive side of the ball, but they have a pretty big edge in terms of defensive strength. Um, the player that I'm watching specifically is the, the Baylor quarterback. He has uh, just over 1,500 yards passing this season, a 65% completion percentage, uh, 12 passing touchdowns, one interception, and six touchdowns rushing. Um, he doesn't really jump off the screen when you watch their highlights, but he's a game manager with a really level head. Uh, he's played a lot in all of their games this season, and the fact that he only has one interception is, is you know, indicative of that he's taking care of the ball. Um, the reason why I focus on him is he's kind of a mobile quarterback, especially around the goal line with the six touchdowns. Um, definitely has more touchdowns and, and rushing attempts and yards than the average quarterback at this point in the season. And the reason why I think this is a big deal is because if you look at our often or at our losses so far against Arkansas, Oklahoma and Oklahoma state, they came at the hands of quarterbacks that could run the ball when things broke down offensively. Um, KJ Jefferson for Arkansas now has five touchdowns for the season. He ran on us for 73 yards and they ran on us for a total of 336. Caleb Williams, although he hasn't played the whole season, already has four touchdowns rushing. He ran on us for 88 yards and OU as a team ran on us for almost 340 yards that game. And then although the game looked a little bit different because Spencer Sanders for OSU only ran on us for 20 yards, um, their team had 220 yards rushing and was dominant in the second half. So. Um, I think we game planned for Spencer Sanders as if he was a strong runner like Caleb Williams because he has almost 250 rushing yards on the season and he's a little bit of a running threat. But I think any mobile quarterback really stretches our defense, especially with our with our rushing defense. So if if the Baylor quarterback is able to both be effective and take care of the ball passing and keep us honest on third down because he's a he's a running threat. Um, we could have a really tough day again, unfortunately, on defense. Andy, what are you looking at? Yeah, really good insight there, Kev. Um, I, um, I definitely think you brought up a lot of good points and kind of outlined how 
um, the game could go. Um, and hopefully it doesn't go that way. For Texas, I think really the key thing for if we look offensively for Texas is, you know, Baylor's going to try to stop or stop's not the right word, minimize the impact of Bijan. Um, they're going to try to take away Worthy too. So is someone else on our offense going to be able to step up and make plays? Um, I think Oklahoma State in the second half really did a good job of this, of limiting of limiting Bijan um, after his touchdown run in the third quarter. And they really kind of took away Worthy uh, during the game too. Um, so I think it's time for someone on Texas to step up and make a play um, offensively. Uh, a player that I'm going to watch for is Abram Smith. Um, you know, didn't get the full Abraham. I guess he's not the father of many nations. But, um, oh, well, um, bad Christian joke there. But, uh, yeah, he's rushed for 785 yards on 105 carries. So, seven and a half yards per carry, uh, which is pretty similar to Zach Evans of TCU. I think he was averaging, like, eight yards per carry up to the point when we played him. Um but he only averages 15 carries a game. Um, and Baylor runs the ball about 40 times a game. So they kind of spread the wealth around. Um, but when uh, Smith has gone the ball, he's been electric. So I think that's something we're going to have to really focus on um, and kind of break Tennessee how we've been this year. Um, we got to stop the run. If we don't stop the run, um, it's going to be a long day for us. And I don't think we're going to pull out the victory. Good stuff, guys. Uh, all right, we're going to take one more quick break before uh, we get to Gambling Corner. So we'll be right back after this short ad. It's officially spooky season, Longhorns, and it's time to find that perfect Halloween costume for the big weekend. Visit SpookySeason.com to browse all your costume favorites. This year... SpookySeason.com has special deals on popular costumes such as Sad Charlie Strong and Little Einstein Baby Tom Herman. SpookySeason.com, that's S-P-O-O-K-Y-S-Z-N.com. And we're back with another segment of Gambling Corner. So fortunately, Texas, we didn't have a game to lose last weekend. Um, and you could say, I mean, we gained some ground on Oklahoma State, so you could say that Texas won the bye week, but we'll look ahead. You know, we'll, we'll see how we can do, but now we'll go into our season long betting game of a thousand dollar picks. It's another tough performance for the guys all around Kevin, you know, fresh on probation. He was feeling hot with his four, five leg parlay. Unfortunately, you know, we had this idea of like, Oh yeah. By the time you listen to it, we're going to be off to a hot, hot start on this parlay. And it didn't even hit. But the crazy thing is, every other leg hit. I mean, you can probably say that for a lot of parlays, and that's that's why they're sucker bets. But you know, it is what it is. We we just gotta we gotta keep improving every every week. I mean, and we we were off to a pretty strong start. I don't know if it was beginner's luck, um, but now we're kind of regressing a little bit. We're down about four hundred and seventy-two dollars halfway through the season. And we definitely, we definitely need to pick it up. Um, before I get into this, this week's betting odds, though, I want to kind of get a pulse check 
on the season, guys. Like, how are you thinking about our chances to bounce back? Do we need to make some calls to the Bowcoin loan shark? Like, how how are we feeling? I I think we need to. There's a bail bonds guy that lives like two blocks from my house, and I think his name is Jerry. We I can I know a guy. Um, I think he does Bitcoin and U.S. dollar, but maybe we could get him into the Bowcoin tender uh, if we if we are in a bind, which I think that we are. So yes, I think we should reach out and expand the debt ceiling this week. We we are absolutely not in a bind. We still have over, or well, we're not in good shape, but we have half over half of our money left. We don't you don't take a loan out when you have over half of what you intend to bet. This this is the equivalent of going to Las Vegas for two nights with two thousand dollars and on night one you lose half why don't we just keep it to the exact same amount being like down 500 after (laughs) (laughs) which is a regular vegas trip for me (laughs) well we don't we don't have to necessarily reach out this that's when you double down you don't back away (laughs) i can't i can't in good faith double down having lost so much money three weeks ago all right. Well, I, I think we remove all restrictions from Kevin and you make your bets however we see fit. So I'm, I'm off punishment. probation, like for sure. For now. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, let's get into this week's odds then. So Texas open as two and a half point underdogs and there's an over under 61. I mean, Vegas is just putting us always in the low 60s. It's pretty much where we've been for the past like four or five weeks now. And I'm seeing, you know, if you, if we like Texas to win, we're getting plus money on that plus plus one ten on the money line on Texas money line. And there's another thing that we could do. We could, you know, if our, if our thesis of our betting thesis is that we'll get off to a strong start and we kind of collapse in the second half, like some of these past few games have gone, we could take the first half lines. Um, it looks like I saw that the, First half line is half a point. So if you think we'll be tied or up at the half, that's a pretty good bet for us as well. But I'll I'll open it up to y'all. Like, how are y'all thinking about this game from a betting angle? Like, how are how are we feeling? I like that first half line, but not not going for us on the line. So I don't know. What do you think, Jake and Andrew, on that plus half point in the first in the first half? Just saying we're leading or tied. I don't I don't think so. I think things are gonna change this week. I don't think we're gonna be I don't think we're gonna have a strong first half. I'm not saying we're gonna necessarily be losing, but I don't think we jump out to a big lead this week. Baylor's not the type of team that's gonna allow that to happen, in my opinion. Well, if you don't think we'll be losing at the half, then taking the half point is a good bet, Andy. No, like I, we could we could be losing a half. I was just saying, like oh, I don't I see, think. I see, we're, I see. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. It's no worries. Um, I don't. I don't want guys any like Texas anything bets on the game. this week. Nothing. Really, no Texas bets for nothing, Jake. Nothing for me. Interesting. I think Jake the line has is. Been... I I think the line is set perfectly, and I don't really have a, a a betting. I wouldn't put my money on either side of that line. Jake has been pedal to the metal on Texas bets. All season so far. Yeah. Yeah. And he has backed off of that, which he, as, he hasn't gone pessimistic, it. but that, that is a significant development. As you'll see in a few minutes, I still expect to win. I'm just not willing to put my money there. 
Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I have I to hope fill the void. I y'all put some money on it, though. I have to it's fill like, Eric, Kevin, you gotta, Jake's positivity yeah, you void by, by betting with my, my brain and not my heart. And I got some flack for putting money down against the horns before the season because it negated some bow coin that we had already put on the line on behalf of the horns. Um, so I don't want to make too many enemies, right? So I won't put the house on this, but I do think Baylor is favored for a reason. Our team has struggled on the road and it would be me grasping at straws to put money down on the Longhorns this weekend. So, so sit I this am one willing, out. I am willing to put 30 <laughs> bow coin on Baylor on that minus two and a half line uh, this week. Uh, this is ridiculous. And Jake, you gave me the space to do that by no, not no. betting on the Longhorns. <laughs> you don't bet against the Longhorns ever, though. That's like the number one rule. But this is this is business. It's no, not so personal. Is, no, what this is, this is a classic Kevin emotional hedge right here. Yeah. And it's is... permeated down into thousand dollar picks. This, this is, is this is the this is the Kev it's, special. It's if we win the coin. game, you're banned from betting more than five bow coin next week. <laughs> it's thirty bow coin, and Andrew, if you want to net bet on the horns for like fifty bow coin, then just offset my thirty with an eighty dollar bow coin bet. We're a team here. Like, if you want to off offset my negativity, you 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 have the ability to do that. Thought you'd learned your lesson. That's all. Does that change your mind, Jake, about betting on the Longhorns this week? No, because I'm not going to bet the opposite bet just so we pay the juice. That's ridiculous. You could offset me, though. But we still pay the juice. All right, all right. Well, it looks, sounds like we're staying away from Texas this week. Um, what else do you guys like around the league? I didn't see that many interesting lines. Um, I did see that Ole Miss was getting two and a half points on Auburn. Looks like... Um, Michigan State was getting four and a half points on Michigan. But really, I mean, it's up to y'all. Like, was there anything that stood out to you guys around the league? Um, yeah, I am loving the Ole Miss train right now. Loving the Lane Kiffin. Uh, choo-choo. Give me 25 bow coin on the money line for Ole Miss. I think they're going to keep their winning ways uh, against Auburn this weekend. I do not trust Bo Nix in a big game. Um also, give me 25 bow coin on SMU, my other alma mater. Uh, Got to keep the streak going. They're playing U of H, and, yeah, uh, I guess that's a, probably one of the few times where I, I'll cheer for Dallas over Houston. Um, going – I didn't get this you want, in. You want, S, you want SMU on the money line? Uh, points. I guess money oh. line. It doesn't really matter. I think it's a Oh, it's point the same. Spread. It's a pick em. It looks like yeah. it's a pick em. Yeah. Gotcha. So – it, whatever um, for that one. Um, I didn't get this in earlier um, because I was still strat um, trying to figure everything out. But um, I'll I'll do a money line for uh, Texas this weekend for ten. And then uh, lastly, I, I want to go across sports right here, and I want to put twenty dollars on the Astros to win the World Series minus one forty five. We we like probably that. won't know until the the podcast after Iowa State though, right? On the shows, uh, it could be decided by this weekend. Also, yeah, don't we have cool. some long term bets on the horns? We or do. Have we, we have. Passes? Well, we have Casey and Bijan Heisman bets. Yikes! Yikes. Who bet I on think Casey? The, 
What was that, Kev? Do you know who bet on Casey? That was. Um, I, don't, I, don't, check. I don't think that matters at this point in time. Yeah. It must have been Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I think it I, was Jake, actually, now that I, I, I think it was. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, I got a few bets. A loss. I, got, I got a few bets. Um, I, I, I really like Coastal Carolina, I still like them. The line is good again, and it's Thursday. That was a fluke. App State, everyone knows App State upsets people. That's kind of what they do. So I feel so confident about this. I want to do a two-game parlay, Bo. I want to do Coastal. Um, I got to look up their line again. I, I had it. It's minus 18 and a half. I like Coastal minus 18 and a half over Troy. Combined with Iowa over Wisconsin, they're the underdogs in that game. They get three and a half points. For 50 bow coin i want a two-game parlay on that so i'm taking iowa plus three and a half and coastal minus 18 and a half i also 15, like 50 bow coin you said 50 bow coin on that parlay i also like uh oklahoma hasn't owned out anybody this season so i like tech getting the 20 i think the line has adjusted quite a bit since uh coach wells got fired um i think that players are still going to play hard for Coach Cumby. So I'm going to go uh, $25, 25 bow coin on Texas Tech plus 20 points. And finally, I like Michigan State over Michigan getting four and a half. So I want $25, 25 bow coin on Michigan State getting four and a half points at home undefeated on Saturday. I like it. I, I have a lot of similar similar bets as Andrew and Jake. So I'm going to do a, a two game parlay right here. Um, trying to reset, reset my screen so I can see these things. But uh, first off in the two game parlay is going to be Iowa state. They're favored by seven over West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia is trash going in the line of, of my fears about Iowa state next week. I think they easily cover on the road there. And the second leg of that, Two-game parlay would be Georgia covering a minus 14 line at Florida. Um, earlier in the podcast, I, I bet on Georgia on a big line, and it worked out for me, so I want to stick with that there with that two-game parlay. That parlay would be uh, 30 bow coin. Big parlay. And then another parlay, this one's going to be three games, um, similar to Andrew's bets earlier. In this three-game parlay, my first leg is going to be Ole Miss with plus 2.5 at Auburn. Um, second leg is going to be SMU plus one at Houston. And third leg is going to be Notre, Ga- Notre Dame minus three and a half versus North Carolina. So two parlays there. And then also I want to put some money down on some Big 12 love in addition to um, Iowa State and West Virginia. I think I'm going to bet – on the TCU Kansas state game, uh, Kansas state is minus three. I'm going to take K state for 25 bow coin. And I think I, I may have forgot to say it, but on my second parlay, did I say how many bow coin that was Bone? No, I was going to ask you what you, how many you wanted on it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 20 bow coin on that one. Okay. All right. Thanks Bo. I think we, um, can count on you to get those bets in as usual and, uh, you know, look, looking, looking forward to getting some bow coin back this week. 
All right, we're going to transition into our last and final segment, our our predictions for the week. Who y'all got on this game? So I can go here. The, I, I really am convicted that the game is going to be won and lost in the first half. Um, when Baylor lost to Oklahoma State earlier in the year, they were scoreless in the first half and basically couldn't make up the difference because their passing attack isn't that strong. Um, to win, we have to force them to pass a lot in the second half. And to do that, we have to come strong in the first part of the game. I, I say this a lot, but I'm going with my head and not my heart in this game. I don't think we will get the W this weekend. Uh, Baylor's favored for a reason. I would love to be wrong about this one, but I'm picking Baylor to win 38-35. Yikes. Yikes, Kev. Whew, I can go next. I think Bijan's going to put another highlight reel together. I think we'll bounce back strong, hopefully see some more creativity with the play calling. And then we also saw in today's press conference that um, Sark had the whole team watch free solo this week. So I think, you know, the defense will be motivated to just do enough to keep us on top. I have Texas 35, Baylor 28. Good news is when someone in the pod picks uh, against Texas, we are 1-0. So uh, that being said, I am predicting a hard-fought battle in Waco. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Texas extends a small lead late, and we win 41-28. Uh, so going to go off the beam path for a second. I think three of the other four guys in this podcast will be hung over at McLean Stadium um, by the 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, that assumes Kev going to the game. Sorry, Kev, for the direct shout out. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, when we all go to games, we don't usually do too well uh, on the road. Um, we... We would have to go against historical trends um, um, just with with uh, regards to Texas football in the last few years uh, to pull out a victory. But I think we do. I don't really have a lot of logic behind it. I'm just going to go with 38-35. Yeah, as some of these guys have mentioned earlier, we had some bad memories of the 2019 game at Baylor. Those kind of carry over in my prediction. Um, I think this will be a tough environment. I think it will be a – Kind of low-scoring game for a Big 12 game, uh, but I think Texas will win 27-24. All right. Four out of five of us are taking Texas, even though a couple of us are reluctantly. Um, that being said, that it brings us to the end of our podcast this week. We'll see you next week with hopefully an optimistic um, five and three Texas Longhorn team. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week.